welcome back to the Red River Cares podcast. I am so excited to introduce you today to Jacqueline Barber. She is a recent recipient of the Jeff Sessions Memorial Scholarship. Just to remind you, this scholarship was created to honor Red River's late CEO and his unwavering commitment to supporting active duty military and veterans as they pursued technology careers. Jeff believed technology could be transformational, both in its use and as a career. And we're so excited that Jacqueline is the first employee to be awarded $5,000 so she can pursue her Bachelor of Science in Information Technology. I can't wait to hear more about her journey, why she joined the Army, and what she's been up to since. So with that said, Jacqueline, welcome to the show. All right, so Jacqueline, I just want to welcome you to the Red River Cares podcast. This is our 11th episode, um, and you are our first recipient to be a Red River employee to win the Jeff Sessions Memorial Scholarship, which is so exciting. So first off, let's woohoo, cheers to that. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, I don't know if you knew Jeff, did you? I actually wanted to ask you that. I did not. I've, I'm coming up on one year in February, so I did not know Jeff. I had the privilege of working with Jeff for 10 years or so, and he really was the most interesting man in the entire world. Um, the day we lost him was just like the saddest day. I feel like the world changed forever. Um, but to be able to have the scholarship in honor of him really is um, such a gift for all of us that did know him. And um, when we see recipients win, we really really just feel so excited because it just feels like his legacy is living on in these scholarship winners. So, um, you know, I just want to congratulate you um, on that award. But let's get started with, you know, you said you've been with Red River about a year now. Can you tell me a little bit about your role and what you do and just what brought you to the company? Yeah, sure. Um, I started with Red River in February um, of 2021, coming up on one year. And I support the American Nurses Association as a program manager. So my day-to-day -day is ensuring that the client's um, infrastructure is stable and that um, we are meeting the needs of all their IT needs. Um, specifically, you know, a lot of it dealing with teams and teaching the world teams as we've fallen into this virtual world. There's a lot of moving pieces. So I'm learning teams as well as learning breakout rooms and all the cool things that teams does. Um, I'm very involved with my uh, staff in teaching them so that we're able to teach the environment. Cool. I didn't know that teams had breakout rooms, so that is something I would love for you to teach me after <laughs> this podcast. It does. Yes, it does. I, I thought that was only a cool Zoom feature, so that's good to know. <laughs> um, so I know, you know, obviously to win the Jeff Sessions Scholarship, it is for military, active military or veterans. So I know that you served in the army. So can you talk a little bit about that journey and you know how you uh, came to serve and how long and where you were, that kind of stuff? Sure. Um, I, as a kid, I had a fascination with uniforms. My dad wore a uniform, he was my hero. Um, so dad wanted me to go to college. So I went off and got a two year degree and then went right into the military the day after I graduated from college. Parents weren't happy, but I was happy because I was doing what Jackie wanted to do. 
Um, went in, I did 12 years in the reserves. I traveled to places like Guatemala, Haiti during the first um, Haiti conflict, Afghanistan during the very first Afghanistan conflict. But I also had an opportunity to do some really cool two week journeys off the places to build um, filtration in Panama, water filtration, um, did some additional work in Illinois and Mississippi, did some real cool confined space training um, down in Mississippi. Um, so I traveled the world, met some lifelong friends. Um, my job was uh, in machinery, heavy machinery, but it spurred into my love for IT. And I actually started doing some networking, um, PC repair because they didn't have the individuals there and I had done some hands-on work myself and I kind of did on-the-job training and learned and then eventually moved into the IT field with the Army Corps of Engineers. Wow. So you served for 12 years and it seems like you went to some amazing places. Um, in your application, you mentioned, you know, you were handpicked to do some of that work with Lockheed Martin, which sort of launched your IT career. So is that um, what you were just referencing? Yeah. So um, in, while, while working in the um, Corps of Engineers and uh, missiles and munitions within the Army, I met a, a, a general. His name was General Short. Um, and I also had an NCO uh, by the name of um, um, Mr. Brown. And so working with them, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm not sure if I'm going to stay in. You know, I want to move to the D.C. area because, you know, the IT job market is pretty good. And they're like, hey, we work for Lockheed. Let's see if we can get you in, you know, as an intern, maybe through the military. They had a program where they were bringing soldiers into Lockheed Martin. And I was qualified um, and, like I said, handpicked to come into their um, leadership program. And it grew from there. So um, started off as a network technician and worked my way up in, through the organization. But that was definitely via being in the service and networking through those individuals. That's so neat. So um, after that point, did you kind of just stay in the industry? You were kind of set on this IT path from there on in, or how did that journey go for you? Yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the network and systems administration piece. Um, and I had a mentor um, within the company that says, hey, you know, I think you're a good candidate to move into project management, program management, but still keep your, you know, competitive IT edge. So I moved around probably every two years within this program until I found a home in program management where I can still manage, but I can also still dibble and dabble into tools in the environment and be more hands-on um, than the average manager would be. So typically your, your IT program manager where you're still doing some of the work and learning the new tools but managing a team as well. I love it. So I wanted to kind of go back for a second when we, um, I was re-looking at your application and you seem to have gone through a series of events um, that sort of led you to where you really you are now. Uh, but I guess I would love for you to, in your own words, tell the listeners about that journey. Yeah, um, so in the terms, the terms many people use, life happens. I've had a few um, life-altering events, lost both parents, um, diagnosed with breast cancer. So I spent almost, and I'm still going through the process of breast cancer. I'm, I just don't have cancer anymore. Um, going through that and then 
there was a need in the family for these two beautiful children that needed a home. And I apologize. I get a little emotional with these guys because they're great. Um, so I, in the midst of losing my parents and dealing with cancer, these beautiful children needed a home. My niece called and says, they call me aunt. Um, the twins are in foster care. Can you help? Immediately, absolutely. What do I need to do? So juggling chemo and juggling 26 weeks of foster care training every night after work from 6.30 to 8 um, to ensure that these young men had a beautiful home. And on March 22nd of 2021, I formally adopted them. So they've been in my care for three years um, and we were formally adopted this year. But that journey in itself didn't allow for me to continue school. So I had to step away. Of course, losing my parents was a, a huge toll within almost a year and a half of each other. Um, and then taking on these children, there was just no wiggle room for school. School, you know, I was starting to see my grades slide and I'm like, I've got to, I've got to bow out gracefully and say, hey, I can't do this. I've got too many different things going on. But I will say the, the boys are healthy, I'm healthy. So, you know, it's time to get back in and, and, and make this happen and to prove to them it could be done at any age. How old are the boys? They're 11. Oh, yeah, twins, right? 11 twin years old. Boys. Yes, twin boys. Yeah, and they're in sixth grade. That's so neat. I just want to take a second to acknowledge your strength and how much that you've endured. Um, I, it is, when I was reading your application, it was just like, oh my gosh, this is so much to go through but yet to continue to persevere and say yeah this still is a path for me and I know that furthering my education in IT is still something that you want to accomplish even though one you've already accomplished so much in the field and in the industry but then also um, just with all the life that's going on around you and to still say no I need to focus on myself and my education and what I want to continue to pursue I mean I'm a mom of three I know how hard that is so like I commend you for sticking on that path and like just doing it thank you thank you so much I appreciate that so so what does this mean for you now so you won the scholarship so are you going back have you enrolled are you just thinking about it for a little bit I know how wild it can be especially with boys in middle school yeah <laughs> i had set a commitment actually to go back um this fall um but the middle school is a big change for children so i had to keep in mind that i need to be there for them and ensure that you know they don't struggle um elementary to middle school has been a challenge for them um so what i did was i am enrolled for the winter semester at northeastern university and I chose Northeastern because I grew up in Boston. I grew up in Dorchester and wanted to go there initially, but it was a little pricey for my parents. So I went to the school that offered me the two-year scholarship. So looking forward to going to Northeastern and eventually walking across the stage in Boston. I mean, that would be super exciting for me and my family. That's awesome. I could hear your Dorchester accent coming out. I'm from Lemonster, <laughs> so I totally get it. I heard it. Okay. I hadn't heard it up until then. I was like, okay, she's a Boston girl. Yeah. I hear it now. <laughs> yeah. That's my first duty station was at Fort Devon. Oh, no kidding. Right down the yep. road. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I think having that vision of walking across that stage, especially in Boston, does sound just mm -hmm. incredible. And that would certainly keep me going for sure is there anything else that you want to tell us about or that you wish I asked you about or that you well sure sure one one of the things is it's not 
just a bachelor's. I honestly want to get a doctorate degree. That that's my goal. I want to push through. I want to get a PhD. In you know, I think I'm going to focus my master's in um, healthcare IT. Being as I had breast cancer and some of the cool things that I was able to um, leverage um, when I was doing chemo and radiation. I mean, those machines are amazing now. And the fact that they, you know, they kept me here and they kept me healthy. I have a vested interest in learning that aspect of IT as well. Um, and to prove that, you know, you can keep pushing, but I've, uh, I definitely want to push towards a doctorate degree. That's my end goal to get a doctorate degree. Wow. It's so admirable that you want to keep pushing and get your doctorate, even though sometimes things just get really tough. Can you talk a little bit about how your current job with the nurses is maybe giving you a little bit of insight into this like healthcare IT world that you're trying to, to go into? Yeah, they, they have some really um, interesting individuals that work at ANA and, and you know, this is Pinktober, everyone's celebrating uh, breast cancer awareness. I've been on a, a few of their, their calls and learning what they're doing in the industry, um, learned of a new uh, treatment um, recently that they're doing so that you know individuals don't have to go through the pain of having lymph nodes removed now there's this whole new technology based off of that um and i don't think i would have learned about that if i wasn't at ana you know and i shared that with a good friend of mine who was actually um going through treatment now i'm like hey ask your doctor about this i heard about this at work it may be an option for you so i have learned a lot and um you know i do participate in their calls quite often just to see what's going on in the world of um healthcare. That's really interesting, um, and it is cool that you're like hearing about the latest technology. So, since you've experienced breast cancer and are still sort of dealing with the after effects, like you mentioned, um, do you like do you advocate? Are you um, do you volunteer? Like, is there anything that you do now that like you've gone through this terrible, you know, thing, and now like you're doing something with it? I'm just curious, like how that's go going for you. Oh yes, absolutely. Every, I think every weekend, but this this weekend coming, I've been booked speaking um, and advocating for others. Um, the version of breast cancer I had is a very aggressive form. Um, it's very predominant in the African American community. Um, I speak on that, but I also speak on life after breast cancer because everyone hears of you know chemotherapy and radiation and medicines, but they don't hear about the things after. Like for me, what I deal with on the day to day, having to make sure I'm taking my medication, um, the cost involved with medication and just daily life. There are things and days, um, you know, sometimes you get brain fog, sometimes you're just tired um, and other things like osteoporosis and onsets of things like diabetes. I do advocate and speak of that and, you know, making sure that individuals know that you have to advocate for yourself sometimes because the doctors are doing their job, but you've got to research and you know your body best. And I share that almost on every call that I've done. And so I'm involved with an amazing uh, organization, nonprofit called A Fresh Chapter. And what they do is they provide cancer patients, it doesn't matter what type, an opportunity, a once in a lifetime opportunity to travel somewhere. And I had the blessing of going to South Africa with them and healing emotionally and mentally. It was. It, was, it wasn't anything I anticipated it to be. I met 17 amazing people. Um, we talked about everything from 
how you do things at home with your family to what are the things you wish you could do that, you know, cancer has prohibited you from doing now? Or what are your ultimate goals? For me, it obviously was adopting the boys and education, um, but learning how to navigate through the fatigue. I mean, that's something that I live with daily. And, you know, people gave tips and tricks on smoothies, you know, drinking a glass of water in the morning, aromatherapy. It was amazing at the backpack I came big with, backpack of knowledge I came with. It was just absolutely amazing. So I do stay in contact with them. Um, I'm literally on Facebook and Instagram just as I, I haven't done much this year, but I typically would throw a blurb out there. You know, a year ago today, this is where I was at in treatment or something. And, you know, I always leave it with, you know, don't sit silent because you'll never know if you're silent. So I, you know, I put it out there for people to reach out to me if they do have questions. And I do get a lot of requests on Facebook, you know, how did you deal with this? How did you deal with that? So I'm, I'm there to advocate and to help. That's incredible. Only because I'm curious, and if it's too personal, don't feel like you have to answer, but um, like, how did you find out? Where Was it like a routine appointment? I, I, I normally have these strange goals in life. You know, my sister's like, are you crazy? But I was preparing for a bodybuilding competition. I was all set, best shape of my life, and one of the uh, parameters to getting into this competition was you had to have a mammogram, um, you had to have a complete physical, and you had to submit that to the MPC so they understood she's healthy. And lo and behold, my doctor found on the uh, mammogram, she's like, I see something that's dark. Let's have an MRI. And that's where they found the, um, the lump in the breast. And from there, it just went on and on and on. I never competed. But I wanted to aggressively attack this and say, okay, whatever I need to do, let me know. Let's move forward. But it was via a mam uh, excuse me, an MRI that I found my lung. It's so amazing if to think about if you weren't doing that bodybuilding competition, like when you would have found out or how, you know, how much further along it possibly could have been or whatever. That's so interesting. Absolutely. Because I, I was one of those people. I, every year I got a mammogram. Um, it was, you know, I chose October 1 because it was, you know, breast cancer awareness month, but that was a good indicator for me. Okay, it's breast cancer awareness, get your mammogram. So I was doing that and it was just weird that and they, they say now more, you know, it's found more via 3D mammograms and MRIs than it is just a standard traditional uh, mammogram. Wow. I can't even believe all that. This is just such a story. Um, <laughs> what? I'm curious, what what about going through all that and going through your chemo and your treatments? Like, what was something you didn't expect? Um, honestly, what I what I didn't expect was the the after effects. So the effects, the impacts it has on your skin, um, the brain fog. They told me about the brain fog, but I've experienced it to the point where it was like an hour and a half later, I still didn't know where I put something or in some situations be mid-sentence and be like, um, what was I just getting ready to say? And that drove me absolutely crazy because I just couldn't come up with the words to say what I wanted to say. And that lasted probably for about three to four months. And literally, I just started keeping notebooks all over the house to write things down, you know. Uh, but small things, you, you put your cell phone down, and, and this happens to normal people. But for me, it was like a big deal. I'm like, I just had it where did I put it and it would rack my brain and then I would just like all right you're gonna decompress and then I'd walk past it but like it's been there this whole time 
but mentally I just it wouldn't connect for me to actually find it so that was that was very difficult for me um the other things I, you know I just kind of rolled with it I really didn't have any issues I dealt with the pain I did not want to take medication for the pain so I learned that if I had a pain in my knee or my hip related to two days ago from um from chemotherapy I started doing acupuncture and just walking just getting out and walking my neighborhood and, and trying to push and eventually the pain would wear off um, versus having to take medication that pretty much puts you out your, your sleep you can't function um, I had made it so that at my job I was doing four 10-hour days so when I did have chemotherapy which it was on a Friday I would be off for the entire weekend so I had a chance to let my body rejuvenate um, and get to work on Monday without any fatigue or issues. I was actually going to just ask you that if you worked through that whole thing and you did. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think the best part of working through chemo was I came in one day and all the males on my team shaved their hair balls. Oh. And again, I'm getting emotional. No way. But all, all my all my male employees shaved their hair balls. I had three and they shaved oh. their hair balls for me. So unbelievable. It's so interesting to see, like, when you're going through something like that, the all the little miracles or, like, the little things that just give you hope or keep you going because it's sweet gestures like that that just, you know, remind you that people yeah. are with you and they're supporting you, you know, even though they're not going through it, um, they are, right? They're, they're, they're going through it with you and they just want you to know that they support mm -hmm. you 100%. Yeah. And that's important because I always advocate to others that, some people don't have big families. Someone like myself, my family's in Boston. I have maybe two or three cousins that live in the area. Your extended family, your work family are the ones who, you know, kind of stick it through for you and who are there for you. So, you know, it's important that, um, you know, you maintain those relationships even after the person has gone through treatment. I, I have coworkers from former companies who still reach out and check on me. Um, I spoke last Sunday and two or three of them popped up on the, on the um, Zoom call. While I spoke, which I thought was awesome. I, I felt great that they were there. That's so neat. Well, share, you know, with Red River too. Like if you are ever speaking or you think it's something that the women or, you know, anyone really, it's not just for women um, of the company could hear your message and your story or just because I think that that's where this positive ripple happens because you've gone something through something so rough, but you've learned so many things that now you can just share those lessons on and hopefully stop someone else or save someone else or they get, you know, scanned earlier than they would have or you never know the synchronicities that could occur. And I just think it's, you know, we would love to continue to be with you on this journey. I know I did not know you were going through any of that and went through any of that. And I'm sure a lot of uh, our coworkers would say the same thing. So, yeah, thank you. Well, this has been awesome. You're clearly a well-deserving uh, recipient of the Jeff Sessions <laughs> Memorial you. Scholarship. Um, I've enjoyed so much getting to know you and your story. And I just think, you know, you're right where you need to be. Like everything that you've gone through in your life has led you to this moment. And it's leading you down this path to a PhD where you're going to walk across that stage in the city of Boston, proud with your boys watching you and know that I'm cheering you on and I'm sure everyone else on this podcast is too. So congratulations. It's been great talking with you. Thank you. I appreciate it.
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Red River Cares podcast. Hopefully you got inspired by Jacqueline's story. She is proof that even our darkest times can lead to some amazing things. It's all part of our bigger path and journey. I know Jacqueline will achieve her goals, and I am so inspired by her perseverance and service. I also want to congratulate all 10 Jeff Sessions Memorial Scholarship recipients. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Red River Charitable Foundation to hear their stories and to see what they're going to do with their scholarship dollars. As always, tune in next time to be inspired.